everyone, welcome to the 34th episode of the podcast. This is Mark, and today I am doing something a little bit different where I am streaming this episode live on my Twitch. And if you're checking out the VOD on YouTube, there's also the chat you can check out. Um, got some fans here. So I think the format of this episode will be that I will just go through and talk about the lore of uh, the Electric Underground, my two years making this podcast, probably some of the drama that got involved, my thoughts, you know, like the insider baseball of the podcast, which is pure self-indulgence. So, of course, I want everyone to listen and watch this episode. And so let's begin by just talking about myself before the podcast because I think this is kind of maybe a little bit interesting for people who haven't you know are maybe newer subscribers or people who are new to the podcast so I started the podcast two years ago and as you can see in the screen cap here I never actually saved the original post where it was but you know it's down a little bit further so I'm just going off of the dates that I posted it, which was, I believe, April 10th, 2018. And then my replies, my first replies. Uh, Plasmo, which is, it's really funny and fitting that Plasmo and Banana and Fro were like the first three people to respond. Because they all had a pretty big influence on the Electric Underground in their own ways. Um, Plasmo, of course, is a huge supporter of the podcast. Uh, helps me out with a ton of stuff, helps me out a ton with website. Basically everything I do, Plasmo probably helps me out in some way. For the most part, I ask him for like any sort of projects and stuff. He's always helping me out with stuff. A huge supporter. Really cool dude. And yeah, he like insta-replied to the post too. It, it was probably a few minutes after I posted it, or like an hour after I posted it. And then Bananamatic. And it's just funny to... For me, it's not necessarily nostalgic, because this is two years ago. But in my brain, so much shit has happened in these two years, it's like literally a decade to me at this point, where I'll look at this, and it's not necessarily nostalgic, but it's like, wow, a lot has changed in two years. A lot has changed, at least for me, right? So, yeah. So I'll take you down, before we look at those comments, I'll take you down to the original post. The original post, I think, had a little bit more, because I think I linked uh, pictures of my arcade sticks and stuff. The first episode of the podcast has a really interesting backstory I'll get into in a second. Um, as you'll see, my very first episodes were on the Shmup Forum, which uh, is ironic in some ways, as we'll talk about a little bit later. But let's talk a little bit about the history of this right here, this uh, art. So, And a little bit about the history of the Electric Underground as a title, as an idea, as a brand or whatever. So, for years, before I ever did the Electric Underground, before I even was a shmup player, I wanted to create a podcast called The Electric Underground. And I have some old emails I was digging through earlier today, uh, around like 2012, where I was emailing like random artists and like random people asking their, for their permission to use certain materials in my podcast, The Electric Underground which I described at the time, it was actually going to be a fighting game podcast, not a shmup podcast. And it was going to be as niche and weird and hardcore, but with fighting games, basically. And I was going to talk about, like, frame data and, like, break... And especially Street Fighter Four at the time, that's what I was really into. And so the first episodes were going to be me, like, breaking down Akuma frame data and uh, talking about moves and, like, tiering the characters. I still think... 
And all things considered, I've never really found a fighting game podcast that was like the original idea behind the Electric Underground. So maybe someday I'll do like a spin-off, like Electric Underground OG or something, where I do talk about fighting games and kind of revive that format. But yeah, so that's where the term comes from, the Electric Underground. It has nothing to do with shmups. It has to do with a fictional arcade that I created in a book I was writing at the time. I write, like, fiction books and stuff like that. And uh, I never finished it, but basically the book was about a bunch of fighting game players who were um, hooked on drugs, and they were going around to different tournaments. Uh, some of this is slightly based on uh, experiences. They're going down to different tournaments and uh, winning tournaments to support their drug habit, basically. Um, it's a little bit more dramatic than reality, but uh, basically I had a lot of stoner friends when I was in the, uh, when I was in, like, really into fighting games. And they would uh, basically try and support their weed habit by winning fighting game tournaments and stuff. And so I was like, well, let's take that a little bit further and have them hooked on some yayo or something. But anyway, that's the term, the Electric Underground. It's supposed to be kind of like video gamey, but also sort of like underground and grimy and sort of invoke that. And little did I know when I launched the Electric Underground that there was another Electric Underground podcast. Uh, you may not be aware of this, you might be, but before the Shmup Electric Underground podcast, there was a EDM, I think it is, uh, podcast, and they're actually pretty popular, at least comparatively to me at the time. They had like a thousand followers or something like that. And so when you typed in the Electric Underground, my podcast did not come up. Instead, this EDM podcast came up. And so my initial goal, and I remember talking to Agro Sky, uh, the shmup master, about this in one of the, my early episodes, and he was talking to me, he's like, you know, I love the name, but you might want to consider changing it because, you know, there's this other podcast and it's going to be really hard for your branding to, uh, you know, compete with this other podcast when people Google it and stuff, which is really solid advice. But, you know, I'm Mark, so I'm a stubborn bastard, and I was like, you know what? No. I'm taking the name from them. I want it to be that when people Google the Electric Underground, it's my podcast, not theirs. And to my luck, uh, they basically quit. I don't think they've uploaded an episode since I began my podcast. So over time, Google has been like, well, this other podcast never uploads. Mark uploads all the time. So now, if you Google the Electric Underground, I believe I come up before them. So that's the name. And then this album art here, this art here. So this image here that's kind of like the branding image of the podcast is actually based on this image. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Um, it's an Axelay Deviant Art drawing. And I actually did message this dude, Taro, when I, before I even did my first episode and asked, hey, I'm making a podcast about shmups. Can I use this reworked version of your logo as my logo, or as, of your drawing as my logo? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So, uh, yeah, that's where that comes from. Um, I may someday change this as sort of like the branding logo of the Electric Underground, just because I always feel a little bit uneasy that, you know, I still have that email, but, you know, I always feel a little bit uneasy, especially if I start selling merch or something that it's someone else's art that I repurposed. I recolored it and stuff, but... So I may, like, commission someone to make a, 
an Axelay or like actually maybe like Panzer Jaeger from Ketsui, like a cool drawing of Panzer Jaeger because that's my favorite, uh, my favorite ship in Shmups. So, anyway, that's where the logo comes from. And so let me give you a little bit of background on recording the first episode. So the first episode of the podcast is very different from all the other episodes that came after it. It is the proto-episode, the way I recorded it, the way I planned it. Everything about it is completely different than the entire rest of the show. So it is the Black Sheep episode. I feel a little bit, you know, like a little bit self-conscious sometimes like are linking it to people and they're like oh I want to listen to the first episode of the podcast but I don't want to be all hipster about it because I know like certain people will like delete their first episodes or hide them and I don't want to do that because I do like to show my progression over time where um, I was basically just figuring stuff out in episode one and then to how it evolved over time you know I do like to show that progression and I don't want to suppress the history of the show or whatever so the episode one will always remain kind of jank and bootleg but so how I recorded the first episode I guess before I do that let me talk about why I recorded the first episode so I was working on my uh you know fighting game podcast but at the time I was very self-conscious about my voice because I felt it sounded not appealing basically and so what I would do was instead of like recording my voice and listening back to it in a mic or whatever because I would feel self-conscious, I would write out all the episodes, like typing out everything. And uh, so I'd write like 20-page documents of the episodes and then I would narrate them, right? This was in the non-released fighting game podcast. But I was always unsatisfied with that. I never felt like it was good enough, you know, and then there was other better fighting game podcasts out there that I always felt like people would just laugh at me. So I never actually released or fully finished any of those episodes. And um, yeah, so they never existed outside these like giant documents that I wrote up. And so then I got, I was, I kind of gave up on it. I was like, forget it. Instead, I will, maybe I'll do like video game essays, like written out video game essays and stuff like that. Like articles, basically... I was like, maybe I'll do articles. That's what I was doing originally. I never posted any of them anywhere. But yeah, I was like writing articles. That's why you'll maybe notice why does Mark seem to know how to write articles? Because I was doing that before I ever recorded the podcast. But anyway, so I was getting burned out on writing articles and never posting them anywhere. And so... I basically just became a full-time competitive player. Not full-time, like, in my life. But I was in college at the time, so I just had to go to college and play fighting games. Like, my responsibilities were not very high. So that's basically all I did. And, um... At one point, I got into shmups. I've talked about that plenty of times and plenty of episodes, so I won't really get into that. But after I got into shmups, how I, what I would do whenever I got into something whenever I got into a new fighting game or got into a new like competitive game of some kind I would binge on content for that game for like weeks so ev when I got into Virtual Fighter I think I literally watched every single Virtual Fighter video I could find on YouTube and then I got so obsessed I'd even watch like Japanese Virtual Fighter tournaments from like 2002 or something you know and, like 240p and all that stuff 
And I just would do that all the time. But with shmups, there was basically nothing. So I was like, what the hell? So I looked around, you know, and then there's uh, the Shmup Amal podcast, but that's in French. And so I tried to listen to it and be like, maybe they speak in English, but with, you know, French accents. But no, it's actually French. So I was like, okay, I can't listen to this. And then, you know, there's SGG Weeklies, so I checked out all the SGG Weeklies, pretty much watched the first 100 episodes, listened to the first 100 episodes, I watched and listened to the first 100 or something. So I went through a lot of the SGG Weekly stuff. But I was like, the problem with the SGG Weekly for me was I wanted a podcast, and SGG Weekly is like a video format. So if you're not paying attention to the video, you may not know what they're talking about. And so I was like, well, I really want a podcast. And so I actually would dig around, and I can't find it anymore, but I found some shmup podcast. It may have been even on the forum, and it, if you guys know what this was, uh, feel free to link it or something. But, and it was like people I don't even know who they are or who they were. It's not anyone I recognize anymore. And I don't remember where that was, but it was like a one off thing. I don't think it was on the farm, I think it was just on some random website. And it wasn't very good, so I was like, okay, this is dumb. And then I listened to Hardcore Gaming 101 podcasts, but, you know, they weren't necessarily what I was looking for either. And so one day I was like, screw it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna record a Shmup podcast. No one else is doing it. So, before I recorded episode one, I had zero online presence at all, like, in my life. I didn't do any social media I wasn't part of any forums. I was... I'd play fighting games online and, like, look at forums and stuff to, like, read up on guides and stuff like that. But I wasn't, like, a member of a forum where I posted and stuff like that. I did none of that stuff. And so, The Electric Underground was my very first introduction to not only creating podcasts, but, like, interacting with people on the internet. Because I didn't have social media or anything like that. So, this has been... This two years has been, like... A very life like altering experience for me because I'm not only creating content for the first time I'm also like interacting with the internet world and remember I'm a dude out in the mountains of Idaho like I was a very very isolated individual before this so besides like my friends and you know like local family and all that but as far as the internet I had uh, no contact with anyone so I'll finish talking about the first episode, then we'll look at chat, and I'll answer some chat questions. So the first episode of the podcast, like I said, very different from all the other episodes, because I actually wrote out the entire episode, wrote it out, and then read it. So that's why you'll, won- you'll wonder, why is Mark's delivery in episode one kind of weird? And I was kind of okay at, like, reading back my own writing, but I wasn't great at it. I think I'm actually better at it now, if I were to do it again. But, uh, I don't script any of the other episodes. I'll talk about my process as we go on. But, uh, so episode one, I literally wrote everything out and read it. So that's why it sounds a little bit different from the rest of the episodes, because that was the only episode I ever did that. And then, but I kind of established a lot of, like, the basic stuff, like the music intermissions. I don't think there's, like, a mid- uh, podcast music intermission. I think it was just beginning and ending music, uh, DOJ music, and then then I think the podcast is pretty short, like 30 minutes. Well, I'm writing the entire thing out, so it still felt like forever to me. And I also did not record it with any of my equipment that I have now. I recorded it 
with a Razer gaming headset because that was the best mic I had. And it was before I live where I do now, so I didn't have anywhere to record. So I went out and recorded in my truck, in a in a park. So I, went, I drove my truck to a park, um, recorded, like, parked there, and recorded it into my laptop at the park. Because I was also kind of, like, embarrassed about it, because I didn't want, you know, my, uh, my family and friends to know I was doing this, because... I mean, I told them I was doing it, but I didn't want them to actually hear me because I was really self-conscious. So I went and, like, drove to a park and recorded it in my truck in a park. So anyway, that's episode one. It's a format I never really fully revisited either, but you, uh, but in the early episodes, you can see I kind of use that format a little bit, where the, where it's kind of like the get-to-know-you stuff, like how'd you get into shmups, what's your favorite shmup, and it was just kind of like... Uh, like I said in the early episode, I did outline sort of the agenda of the show, though, which is to sort of spread the genre on a wider basis. However, when I wrote that and talked about that in episode one, my understanding of the implications of that goal do not reflect what I have learned over these past years at all. I was very naive. I figured I would just create an episode and it'd be like any other, like avoiding the puddle or something where it's like, well... There's no other shmup podcast, right? So this thing is going to get spread far and wide. People are going to talk about it. Um, it's going to be a thing. Um, I'll probably get whatever, like a lot of resistance, but it, I figured it would be a very simple process, basically, and it definitely has not been a simple process, that's for sure. So that's episode one. Uh, let me turn to the chat, and I'll answer any questions before we talk about episode two. And uh, better get a move on because there's a lot of episodes to roll through here avoiding the poodle are oh, you guys talking about your voice your voice sounds fine Casey well Brad I know what you're saying there but it's um, I live in the middle of nowhere so the park there was no one there it was I live, uh, you know, I don't live in a city where, you know, it'd be, like, creepy to go to this park. And when I say park, okay, parks in Idaho are not like parks in California. Like, a park in Idaho is a fence and trees, right? It's not like this, you know, jungle gym with kids and stuff. It's like a fence and it's basically the woods. I was basically in the woods recording it. Not like a typical park, I guess. <laughs> nice, uh, yeah, nice, um, emojis. So, uh, Neon, are, Neo, are you a fan of uh, ATP? Because I have a funny ATP, sort of funny ATP story. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. And then I was murdered as I recorded the podcast. I'll tell my quick ATP story because it actually occurred be near the beginning of my recording because I was a massive Avoiding the Puddle podcast fan. Actually, that this is a good point to bring up, actually, uh, Neo, because Avoiding the Puddle was one of the primary influences on the Electric Underground. The two primary influences of the Electric Underground were Avoiding the Puddle podcast and also Melee It On Me. Those two podcasts were very, very influential on the Electric Underground as far as the kind of things I wanted to talk about, the style I wanted to do, like... I really was a huge fan of both of those podcasts. 
I liked a a Melee It On Me a little bit more, but ATP was also really, really good, and Eris is, really, you know, really funny and everything. But anyway, I have one of these stories that um, I'm sure is like a typical internet story, but I was a huge fan of ATP, and then um, this was back before his stream was super popular, like back when he was still kind of a lesser-known dude, you know, like a thousand people or so, 800 people on his streams, maybe. It wasn't like, you know, the big... Because Tekken had not come back yet. This was before Tekken popped off again. Um, and so they were talking, like, a lot of the episodes remind me of actually Shmups, right? Where they're talking about how do we get Tekken more popular? How do we make people get into Tekken? If only people knew how great Tekken was. Like, a lot of those episodes, I was like, wow, that's a lot like Shmups. But anyway, he had a stream, and it was after some tournament. I think it was one of the Evos. And this was a little bit later on. He talked about... Uh, JDCR and Nii and how they had this beef with each other, right? And uh, this is back when they had that... I have no idea what it was about, but he had... they Those two players had to beef with each other. And so he's talking about it and he's saying like uh, yeah, they, they don't like each other. They have a beef with each other. And so I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So I uh, donated, you know, like did a donation to his stream and you can ask a question. So I asked the question, why do they have beef with each other? That's all I asked. And he like unloaded on me he got so mad he's like saying like I'm pr trying to pry into their personal lives and all this other stuff and then he had the chat like yell at me and he's like this isn't Melrose place and he like went off on me so like I'm still an ATP fan but uh, I was like whoa like uh, you know it kind of was kind of like you know meeting your hero and then they slap the hot dog out of your hand or something so kind of an unfortunate experience and he's probably like this again was like his early streaming days so he's probably learned to be a little more uh a little more tolerant especially since I don't I still don't understand why that set him off he's he was talking about it and so I asked why don't they like each other I mean it was, I was just curious but anyway that's my ATP story kind of kind of burned me out on his content for a while because it was, I felt like it was pretty unwarranted but anyway, so, any other questions before we talk about episode two? Yeah, yeah, KZ. Yeah, that sucks when that happens, right? M2K, you could kind of understand why that would happen, but yeah, it sucks when that happens. That actually really informed me a lot with uh, my fan interactions and stuff like that. Yeah, that sucks, dude. That actually really influenced me a lot when it came to interacting with my you know, my fans or people who are fans of the show, like, it became extremely important to me to try and be as nice as possible. Um, you know, you can't always pull that off, but I feel like, you know, I am much more considerate than a lot of other, like, content creators about that, because I've had such negative experiences with, you know, with uh, Eris, and then I had a negative experience with, like, a band that I was a big fan of, and so, like, I was like, Man, this sucks. And then I had a really positive experience. And that really was like, it meant a lot to me. So I'll talk about my positive experience. This is probably someone you guys aren't aware of. But there's this, there was a famous comedian named Mitch Hedberg. And I was a huge fan of his comedy. It meant a lot to me. I, I absolutely loved his comedy. And, you know, he passed away tragically. And so years and years after he passed away, he had this fan website that was ran by his wife. And... You know, I was a huge fan 
of the of his content and stuff like that and I was also really into vinyl so I just emailed the uh, like the support web you know the support page for the, the website and just said hey what do you guys think about putting Mitch's uh, albums on vinyl because I would absolutely love to own his albums on vinyl and it ended up being like the person who ran the support was his you know late wife and she messaged me back and talked all about like Mitch Hedberg to me and told me all about how he loved vinyl records and how he wanted his albums to be on vinyl and like it was like really like genuine you know like uh reply to my answer so I was like wow so that's what someone being nice to their fans is like so Ever since that, I, you know, I do try and keep that in mind. I'm not, I do try my best. It's kind of hard sometimes, especially when people yell at you on a, on a daily basis, but I do try to keep that in mind. So let's talk about episode two. So we're going to swap over to this view now. Any other questions? Yeah, Mitch Hedberg's awesome. So episode two is another very unique episode. Um... Unlike many of the other ones, it ended up being an interview with uh, David from Utah. So he's actually not only, I think he's still probably the person geographically closest to me. He's in Utah, you know, and I'm in Idaho. So those, those states are pretty close together. And um, we talked all about the recording for this thing. So let's look at the runtime. Was an hour and 37 minutes. The recording for this episode was four hours. We had a four-hour conversation, and uh, I had no idea how to, like, keep the episode conversations contained, and so we recorded four hours. Then after this, I was like, oh, shit, what do I do with four hours of audio? And uh, so this episode was a beast to edit, because um, I had I would just talk about whatever. We're just talking about... In, you know the Nintendo we're talking about like everything shmup related for four hours I was like okay I gotta tr I gotta focus this in I do really like this episode a lot um we kind of end up talking a lot about his history collecting PCBs and stuff like that and uh, he created his own shmup and created his own arcade cabinet and it was really it's a really cool episode I like it a lot the only thing about it that I always regret is that I didn't figure out how to capture his audio correctly and so I didn't want to, I, he, he had to wait around for like half an hour while I tried all these different things to capture it and it just wasn't working. And so I was like, okay, this is hella rude. I'm making this guy just, you know, wait around as I'm trying to figure out how to capture his audio. I didn't realize how to do it at the time. I know it's funny to think about, but I didn't. So what I did, and this is, this is bad, is I uh, took a speaker and I Put a speaker up to my microphone. So, when I was talking, the, his voice is being recorded by a... Because his mic was actually pretty good. But it sounds horrible because I was putting a speaker up to my microphone. And so that's one thing I always regret about this episode is I didn't do his audio quality justice at all. Because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And at the time, I was kind of like... I was kind of like, you know, it's okay if the audio quality is bootleg, you know, because this is like a bootleg podcast. I want it to sound like grimy. I want it to sound like, I wanted, you know, I was listening to a lot of like underground music at the time. So I was like, you know, I want it. It's okay if the podcast sounds like shit, basically, because it's like a bootleg. Um, my attitudes towards that changed as the episode evolved, but uh, as the episodes evolved. But that's episode two, a really cool, unique episode. 
we're talking about like the artistic aspects of shmups and stuff like that. Episodes three, episode three, a very very important episode in the podcast history. So episode three is with Shmup Master with Agrosky, a person who has gone on to be my mo- probably one of my most frequent collaborators in Shmups. You know we're, we do the game fellas together. Um, I talk to him a lot. Uh, again, like one of the major shmup homies, AgroSky for sure. And so we actually had a really long conversation as well. Uh, much longer than an hour and a half. But like half of it was just about like life and all this other stuff. Like I was going through a really hard time at the time. And I think he recorded an episode on his YouTube channel that he was going through a hard time as well. And it kind of blew my mind that he came on my podcast because at the time I was still pretty naive to like how YouTubing worked and how YouTubers worked. And so I saw his channel, you know, some of his videos had like massive view counts. So I was like, this guy is like, it's like a e-celebrity, right? He's not going to come on my janky shitty podcast. And it was really cool. Of course, he's really cool. He did really cool episode. Um, Yeah, we just talk about shmups and stuff like that. The audio quality is surprisingly good because I felt deep regret for what happened with episode two. And so I, uh, yeah, worked to improve that. So his audio sounds good. I, it, this is what I always kind of considered the first true episode of the podcast, like the first actual episode of the Electric Underground. This episode one is me just like figuring crap out and recording like in a park. In episode two, it's really good, but it's like very unusual compared to the rest of the show, and the audio quality is kind of crazy. And so it's a you know, episode two is a little bit different than the rest of the show. But episode three is basically like this is the Electric Underground. This is the actual like beginning of the format of the show. So very important episode, and I do start to work in like the mid, the mid uh, conversation interludes and stuff like that. I believe that was suggested to me and what people were suggesting was that I would use like original indie music so I'd like commission indie musicians to create music and I was like that's dope but I don't have those kinds of connections people I'm like just some random dude on the forum I don't have indie music connections or anything so I ended up just using like shmup music but I did later on start to use some indie music in the episodes episode 4 I'll start picking this up a little more Episode 4, the Eaglet episode, and there's actually a secret lost episode between episodes 3 and 4 that was actually between 1 and 2. So what happened was that Eaglet is in Sweden, I'm in America, we are 8 hours apart from each other, we recorded an entire episode after episode 2, before episode 3, me and Eaglet. Uh, he, He was like my second person I ever recorded. And, uh... Again, we had that issue where I couldn't figure out how to record his audio properly. But I didn't do the whole speaker up to the microphone thing. I came up with some other kind of like crazy method. And it sounded better, but it didn't work right. And so his vocals, like his voice sounded, um, it was overblown. Like his levels were too high. And so it would like crack and rumble. And it was also like, I ended up just like, chatting with him for like an hour and 15 minutes and like we were just chatting about like Sweden like for 45 minutes or something I was like what am I doing I'm just talking to this guy about Sweden for 45 minutes and so 
Uh, Eaglet's a real homie, too. So he came back on. And so episode four is actually his second recording with me because episode, what would have been episode three, was just us chatting about Sweden and a little bit about shmups. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I kind of got my shit together and he re-recorded for episode four. Eaglet has landed. I was super proud of this episode when it came out. Because we did, okay, because I especially did my homework because I wanted to get a, because also in episode two, I didn't realize that Eaglet was a Grega super player. I had no idea. I thought he was just some dude in Sweden. So we're we're talking about Sweden and like you know arcades in Sweden. And then like on ep minute fifty, he mentions yeah, like you know his high Grega scores. I'm like oh shit, I had no idea. So in episode four, I did my homework and you know we talked about Grega and like high level gameplay is really cool. Episode five. Another, it's really interesting, like, a lot of these early podcast episodes, like, feature, like, the OG shmup homies, as I refer to them, like, really, like, a lot of the really hardcore supporters of the show are a lot of these early guests. So, episode five, the man is in the chat, uh, Game Boy Guru, and, uh, as Guru will probably remember, this was another, like, three-hour conversation or something like that. And we talked a ton about collecting, and I started veering off. I think I went on to like a Star Fox Wii U rant for like 30 minutes, talking about how Star Fox Zero on the Wii U is misunderstood, which I eventually made a video about. But uh, yeah, it was again another kind of scattered episode. And remember, this one took a long time for me to kind of edit and figure out what I was doing. And what I think is interesting about this episode, and uh, Guru can confirm or deny in the chat, is I do wonder if this kind of inspired him to create his podcast or not, or if that was already in his brain. Because I remember when uh, we were in, when I was like talking to him about coming on the show on the forum, he was saying like, "Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not a super player. I'm not like this hardcore shmupper. I don't know if you want me to be on the show." I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So I don't know. Let's ask. Let's see. Guru did this. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So did this episode inspire Shoot the Corecast at all? I'm asking him in the chat. Or were you already going to do that? Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the impression I, I got. And what's also kind of funny is uh, our lost brother... So, after the Electric Underground came out, two other shmup, shmup podcasts began very shortly after. I think it was kind of like, I made my podcast and everyone's like, hey, I, I, you know, like, like I said, it, it inspired some people. And so there's another podcast that came out, that um, the Bullet Hello cast, and they came out around episode five, and I was pretty excited. And the dude, I still, you know, the Sensei Pong, uh, he only has recorded a few episodes. I think it's still, it's, I don't think it's canceled, but it's kind of like he, he does them really infrequently. But yeah, that, that came out, I remember, that came out around this time. This is really, that was really cool. And so episode six. So this is the episode, remember I was talking about, well, I feel like all my podcast episodes are underappreciated in like the grand scheme of YouTube and online video content. But as far as my own library of stuff, uh, look at it, look at it, it's, uh, it's catching up, it's catching up. So this episode used to be criminally neglected. Um, I think it was my fault because I used to make 
I don't remember how many of these episode titles I've changed. A few of them. But I used to make kind of like insider joke titles instead of like clear YouTube search friendly. Uh, again, it's kind of funny to look back on my early years of, you know, two years ago doing this, where I made like kind of like clever insider jokey titles rather than like basic kind of straightforward titles. And so I think the episode was like Britain's Got Talent uh, because in the episode, EX Mosquito talks about. Well, it was an inside joke because we had to delay the recording because he wanted to watch Britain, Wa Britain Wants Talent. So we pushed it back an hour so he could watch Britain Wants Talent. So it was like an inside joke that I named the title of the episode Britain's Got Talent because EX Mosquito is British and he's got talent at shmups. And so, but I think that title, basically people didn't like the title of the episode. They're like, oh, what is this about Britain's Got Talent? So no one watched it. It was like always a third of everyone else's views. But since I changed the title to clearing up the PAL FPS myth, uh, yeah, it's catching up finally. But what this episode is about, I really like it a lot because he was the first PAL person I've ever talked to in my life, like people who have PAL consoles. And so I had all these questions about, well, what do you do with shmups on PAL? Do they all run at 50 FPS? Like, isn't that bullshit? Don't you want to, don't, do you just like throw your PAL consoles away and play on NTSC consoles? Like, what do you do? And he cleared up that uh, a lot of games you can get running in 60 FPS in PAL. There's like 60 FPS versions of stuff. And um, yeah, so it, it, isn't, it isn't necessarily true that all PAL games run at 50 FPS. And they would also import Japanese stuff rather than American stuff. So that episode's really good. He was also a competitive Street Fighter 2 player, so we talked about competitive Street Fighter 2 and a really cool episode. He also collected PCBs. Episode 7 of the podcast, uh, Cloudy Music. So Cloudy was really cool because he helped me uh, set up my RSS feed for the podcast. Um, he helped me out a lot, actually, in the early days of the podcast, in the early days of my Discord. He was, like, pretty involved, actually. You know, it's pretty hands-on. So, yeah, I, I always appreciate that. And he also was the person that inspired me to upgrade my uh, mic. Um, so the mic I am talking to in right now was inspired by Cloudy Music because he uh, basically said, you know, you should upgrade your mic. And uh, here's the one that I use. And I liked the sound of his streams and his stream quality. So I was like, okay. And so yeah, the, the Blue Yeti mic uh, was uh, the idea was I, was I finally abandoned the idea of making my episode sound bootleg uh, thanks to Cloudy Music and we I feel like this episode again was one of kind of the under used underwatched ones I still don't know why it's about shmup streaming maybe it's cuz the insider joke title right the artist formerly known as Karis I I named it that because that was his previous username and then he changed it to Cloudy Music uh, shmup streaming and so it's actually mostly about Rhythm games and streaming shmups and all kinds of cool stuff. Another really cool episode. I like all the episodes, obviously. And so those, I kind of section these first episodes off. These first seven episodes off is like the first arc of my podcast. Because I also recorded them all in the span of three weeks. I went ham. I was like recording almost every, like every uh, few days. I was just stacking all the recordings and stuff like that. And so... These were all kind of sectioned together, and then 
the second era of the podcast begins with episode 8. So before we talk about episode 8, uh, I'll take a look at the chat, see if there's any questions, comments. Yeah, no, yeah, Cloudy's, Cloudy's awesome. Yeah, I had a, I had a bootleg, uh, head, headset that I used for my mic. So let's talk about episode eight. So episode eight is very heavily inspired by a certain episode of ATP, Avoiding the Puddle. So there was an episode of Avoiding the Puddle that I listened to like three or four times because it fascinated me. What it was, was there was an episode where Mr. Naps, uh, he's a, a strong American Tekken player. Uh, he went to Korea and played in the the Korean, I think it was, the Korean or Japanese like national at the, at the arcade, I think it was in Korea. So he traveled out there to Korea and played in this overseas tournament as the sole American representative. I think he kind of got whipped, but uh, what was fascinating to me about the episode was that the way Eris approached it, Eris, basically his goal of the episode was to make Mr. Naps, who was normally a pretty... Uh, he didn't. He doesn't say a whole lot. To make him sort of paint a picture for the listeners of what it was like in Korea. What like he wanted all the details. He wanted like the sto whole story. Like he wanted to create this mental picture of the tournament from the podcast. And I thought that was really cool. And so I kept that in mind for episode eight, which is when I interview. Uh, Eaglet and Plasmo about their experience at Stunfest. So this was would have been Stunfest 2018, the one with uh, Fu 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 and their duel and everything. So uh, in this episode, I kind of wrote an outline that sort of I'm always trying to encourage them to sort of like paint a picture of themselves, their preparation, like try and create this whole narrative of what happened, so that the people who didn't go to Stunfest, including myself, could kind of like get a better idea of what was what it was all about and stuff like that. Really proud of this episode. And it was also the first episode where I had Eaglet and Plasmo and like three guests and stuff like that. This was the first episode and I remember at the end of the episode they're both like you know very nice to me and you know they're awesome dudes saying like that they really appreciate the content I was making and stuff like that. And I remember in the first seven episodes since I released them in such a short amount of time um or recorded them. I don't know if I released them, but I recorded them all in like a short amount of time. Um, you know, I had no idea the quality of the show, if people liked it, if people hated it. I just was like recording and releasing and like hoping it, you know, I felt like it was good to me, but but they, you know, they were really encouraging. So I, I kind of remember walking out of that, uh, that interview feeling like, wow, like maybe people do like the show. And so episode 9, oh my gosh, I have so many stories about episode 9. This is one of the most memorable episodes for me, like in my brain. Episode 9, the Jamers episode. So uh, I've, I think I've hinted about this, and maybe an outright said it a few times, but before uh, doing the podcast and anything like that, I was a fanboy of two particular individuals in the shmup scene. The first was Prometheus, because of full extent of the jam, and because he had like the western... DDP record and I you know I was like this guy's a he's like a shmup god he's amazing right um, so Prometheus was one 
of like my idols, and then the other was Jamers because I'd found Jamers' channel and I I thought Jamers was like cheating at first when I first saw his channel, not because he did anything suspicious, but because I literally thought it was impossible for someone to be so good at shmups. I was like, there's no way a dude can be this good at this many shmups. There's there's something up here, right? But uh, yeah, obviously then I he had those annotations. And so when he when I'm reading through the annotations, I was like, oh, okay, this guy really knows his stuff. This guy really knows his genre. And then I do some research, and it's like, oh, yeah, Jamers is, like, a beast. He's a monster. So Jamers, I was, and he's actually, even now, you know, one of the most popular individuals in the shmup scene as far as, like, his, he's got these massive videos. He's got a pretty big Twitter, a uh, big YouTube channel. So he, to me, he was, like, a star, right? He was, like, a huge star. And so I remember reaching out to him to come on the podcast. I was like, there's no way this dude's coming on my show. There's no way. I mean, he's Jamers. He's not coming on the show. And then, uh, yeah, eventually he, he did agree to come on. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like freaking out. I was like, okay, Jamers is coming on the show. What am I going to do? And so I remember I, I outlined this episode so hard. And then I ended up needing to go on a trip. And so I couldn't record it in my uh, my studio. I'm doing air quotes right now. Studio. So I had to record it on the road. And so I was like, shit. You know, how am I going to do this? And so I also was really, really, really nervous. I'd never, I have never been so nervous before or after this episode. Because I don't know. Because he's a star. I guess I have this feeling a little like starstruck or something. And I remember I almost like threw up before the episode started, like before he, like I called him and like did the recording and everything. I think I almost like threw up. And you can actually tell if you have a really close ear, because I'm pretty good at hiding my nerves, but you can tell in like the first 30 minutes of the episode, like you can tell I'm nervous when I'm talking. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, he's such a huge legend and all that kind of stuff. And so. Another funny thing about this, though, is that I recorded this in a hotel room and uh, because I had to do some traveling and stuff like that, like for my job. And so I recorded this in a hotel room and I left it in the episode for people who have listened to the episode. But like near the end of the episode, we're like in this flow. I'm like, I'm like feeling myself like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. Like I'm, I'm getting Jamers to talk. He sounds like he's like interested. I'm doing a great job as an interviewer. And the, the maid just walks into the room. The, the she just walks right in. she knocks on the door and walks in and looks at me I'm like and then just, just starts talking to me like mid recording and uh, I left it in the episode or I think I cut a little bit of it out but yeah it's I thought it was cringy but also kind of funny so uh, I think people always enjoy that part of the episode so episode 10 right we're at episode 10 so something pretty big happened in episode between episode 9 and episode 10 and that was the first time I almost quit the podcast forever. So episode 10 was the uh, was the episode that basically kept me doing the podcast. So what happened was is that I went really ham recording these first nine episodes. And episode after episode 9 came out, it actually got a fair amount of... For, you know, for shmup numbers, it got a fair amount of attention and a fair amount of feedback. And, like, people were actually, okay, now paying, starting to pay attention to me. And I felt really, I started to feel, like, really nervous. 
I'm like, oh my god, what have I done? Like, what have I gotten myself? I felt like, basically I was getting cold feet. Like, you know, before a dude gets married and he's like, oh, oh shit, can I actually do this? Or should I, like, break this off or whatever? Um, uh, yeah, I had cold feet in terms of the podcast where I felt like I was going, I'd gone too deep. I just interviewed the superstar Jamers. And now I'm going to interview Aquas. Like, I'm going to just... Now I'm just hitting all the heavy hitters. Like, the pressure was too high. I was like... You know, but I was like... Okay, you got to keep going. And so, from episode 10, 11, 12... So, 10, 11, 12, each of these episodes, I was like, okay, this is probably the last episode. In my head. And then I was like, okay, no, I got to do one more. And And then about episode... 13 that feeling kind of went away finally that like oh shit I can't do this feeling and so anyway episode 10 uh, yeah my interview with Aquas uh, I did so much research for this I basically watched like every not every single SDG week episode because a lot of them but I watched a lot of them and I even watched like random SD like random stuff on their channel like they had like a brief podcast few episodes like the round table you know, I listened to those. I watched his demonstrations at Stunfest. Like, I did my homework. Um, and I watched all his speedrunning stuff. So, yeah, I was all booked up. I'm really impressed with myself in these early episodes because I was really well-researched for someone who was really new to the scene. Like, I put in a ton of homework, basically. So, yeah, I am really, li- I really liked this episode. I didn't have the same nerves because after Jamers, I was just like, I was like, okay, I, I got this, you know. I, I made, I did the Jamers interview and it went well so I got this so I wasn't nervous with the Aquas episode um I think that one turned out really well uh episode 11 interview with the Exa CEO yeah this episode I felt like I felt like a little bit of a games journalist with this episode um I felt like okay if the X is coming out this is like a big deal like I felt like you know I was like Kotaku or something you know I was like getting interviews with CEOs and shit like that <laughs> and so uh yeah I did a ton of ton of homework uh i think you can tell in the episode the thing about this episode that uh was really stressful for me was that it was done on skype not on discord uh, the guy didn't have discord i don't think at the time and uh which isn't a big deal but the problem was is that skype audio levels uh i didn't know that you needed to balance them i wasn't familiar with them so his the first part of the interview his levels were way too hot and it sounded like his voice would crack, like the, the audio would crack, and it's like I was so mad. It's like, oh my god, how I was so mad at myself for missing that. So that's why the episode is Tarantinoed, where the back half is a like a the beginning of the episode, and then the the front half is actually at the end of the episode. It's because I figured, okay, if I can the the hour of it, one hour of it was good, right? So I said, okay, I'll put the good hour in front. To kind of lead people in and get them invested, and if they make it to hour and you know ten minutes or whatever, then they're not gonna quit out because his, his audio sounds bad. So that was my logic, and that's why the the episode's like in this weird reverse. I think it kind of works though. Episode twelve, uh, reviewing shmups with Bullet Heaven. This is a uh, Sarah Flash. Um, yeah, again, another episode. I felt like this episode is gonna pop off. This episode is gonna be huge, you know. Because it's Bullet Heaven, this huge YouTube channel. Um, really cool, uh, really good interview. Um, yeah, I actually can't remember it that well. I think I, re- I think it's because I recorded it 
really early in the morning, like at eight in the morning or something like that. But I felt like uh, I felt like the interview went really well. It was really interesting to learn more about his channel and uh, the background there. And I thought this thumbnail was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, episode twelve kind of blurred in with episode eleven a little bit because I think I recorded it that same weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised it doesn't have a little more attention to be honest. Even now, episode thirteen. So thirteen was the first time I ever felt like whoa. Okay, the, the podcast is getting legit now because uh, this is the episode with McCormo and McCormo was the very first fan requested episode so I in episode one I had this idea that I talked about in all the episodes which is that fans of the show could come on the podcast and be on the podcast all they had to do was ask and their wish would be granted um, I'm wondering if you guys can kind of see where that comes from now from my experience with Eris and my experience with uh, other YouTube creators and stuff like that. Um, and I actually had a really positive experience with uh, Mango for the, from Melee. Um, so back when his his channel, you know, he's a massive streamer now. But um, I was a Melee fan pretty early on. And uh, it was kind of like right after Evo, you know, Evo. And uh, his, his uh, YouTube act or his Twitch channel actually was not that big at that time. And so I remember I donated to his channel and he was like really cool and like really awesome dude. And so like I had these positive experiences and these negative experiences. So I kept that in mind. But anyway, that was the reason for that. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool for fans if they could come on the show? You know, that could, that could be like a really cool experience for a listener. And so episode 13 was the very first episode where McCormo was a fan who came on the show. I think this episode turned out really well. Um, McCormo did a great job. He he had his he had his shit together. He was a great guest. Um, that's why he actually came on twice. Uh, yeah, he he comes on in a later episode. Yeah, he's a really cool, really cool guy. Um, and we talked about Shmups' esports. That's something I've been interested in. This cover art. Um, if you're wondering why is it so bizarre, it's because I created it. It was just like some recycled cover art from. Uh, a totally different thing I made. So I was like making these album cover things and uh, this was just an album cover that I made and then I put the episode title on it because I never used it for anything. So that's why it's like kind of strange and bizarre. Episode 14, The French Connection. This is my episode with Gecko of Shmupamal. And this one, I think again, it's a really cool episode where we talk about the French shmup scene, we learn more about the French scene. This is when I was starting to figure out that the French are a big deal in shmups, that there's a lot of really talented French players, and that, you know, Stunfest is held there. I was starting to realize all this stuff. So I think this is actually a really good episode. If you want to learn more about the French shmup scene, this is like the expose on that. Uh, Gecko was a really cool guest. You know, and props to him, because he was saying, you know, he felt self-conscious because uh, English is his second language, but I was like, dude, I can't speak any French at all, so... Uh, if you can't speak English, this episode would never happen. So you can, can keep that in mind for the people who are, you know, non-native English speakers is that I can't speak anything but English. So, I mean, you're way ahead of me, you know, speaking two languages and everything. Episode 14 was another, or episode 15 was also a really cool episode. Another fan requested episode. Uh, so uh, Jay Shy, he does like manga and stuff. And I think I talk about it in the episode, but he's like a really talented manga artist, and it, yeah, he's got some really cool stuff. I like comics and manga and stuff. 
And so this episode we talk all about uh, the visual side of shmups, Moe and uh, Grega and all that kind of cool stuff. So episode 15, episode 16, these all kind of blur together for me too because I recorded them uh, pretty closely to each other. Episode 16, this is Makormo returning, so he was in episode 13 and uh, he came back for episode 16 because uh, the reason why is because in our original interview, I think it was like four hours long. I think that's what it was. So these two are the same rec interview. This one and this one. It's just I cut it in half and released it at separate times, I think is what happened. So I think they are actually part of the same conversation, or did we re, or did we reconnect? I can't remember, but uh, I know there was kind of a connection between the two recordings. Yeah, we go. This is like one of the most esoteric episodes where we go like deep into some like pretty, like uh, up there concepts as far as like the mechanics of how your eyes see bullets and how I have my own like in like why CRTs are interesting and stuff. I think it's a pretty cool episode. So episode 17, this was a, a big deal to me as well, because remember I said earlier that my my two like fanboys, I was fanboys of was Jamers and Prometheus, and from what I understood at the time, like Prometheus was like basically retired or basically like persona non grata, you know, like he was not around, so I was like really happy that I was able to reach out to him, and this was when, this was right when I first started doing my uh, two all grind. This was like the beginning of it, where I was like really starting to get deep into the two-all grind. So this was like a perfect time to talk to Prometheus, because I had all this stuff in mind, like on all these strategies, and I think I'd already made the bet with Plasmo that I'd, you know, I'd beat it in a year, and I think I talk about this in the episode. And uh, yeah, and so it was like cool, because it was kind of like a student and master type episode, where, you know, the dude is a DDP legend, and I was like asking for him for advice, but since I was working on my two all I actually had a lot to say and like so I think it was a really good I'm really proud of this episode it's one of my one of my favorites I have so many favorites like I really like all the episodes this one always stands out to me because uh I got to t talk to him about DDP and all that kind of stuff episode 18 whoa by far the most popular beloved episode of the podcast hands down like if there's a viral hit of my podcast it's this one the zero ranger interview this was basically like everything came together really really well for this episode i did all this research you know i had a little bit of a background with shmup devving like i've talked about this before like just making my own bootleg stuff in game maker but i did have like some hands-on experience making shmups in game maker and that's what they used and so i had a lot to, talk, to say and talk about and the Zero Dev guy, or not the Zero Dev guys, the uh, Zero Ranger guys are, you know, really cool, really funny, uh, just great personalities, and they have such a cool story, and so I love this, this is definitely a huge episode of the podcast, because, uh, let me show you something that's kind of funny. I want to show you this. So here's the Zero Ranger Wikipedia. Here's the development of Zero Ranger. So let's go down to the sources. Here's my podcast. Episode, uh, yeah, The Chosen One. 
Look how many places. It's like basically the entire, like the entire development history of Zero Ranger is because of my podcast episode. And that that that's what I was going for. That's exactly what I wanted to do with that episode. Is I wanted to get the entire history of the game, not just like talk about the usual stuff like, oh, is it going to be on Steam? Is it or whatever? Like, is it going to be on sale next week or all that kind of like service level stuff. I wanted like the meat. I wanted to know what went into this stuff because I was, you know, really fascinated by the game. So, yeah, huge episode of the podcast. Um, big, big episode for sure. So we'll we'll take a pause there. I'll take a look at the chat. Any questions so far? Yeah, Mariskin, I did watch SCG Weekly. I did mention uh, I watched almost all of SCG Weekly before ever doing the podcast. It was just after... So I knew all about Aquas, and I knew all about uh, like the SCG Weekly crew and everything. It was just that I didn't... I wanted to go like deep. So I like watched everything, including like his speedruns at GDQs. and like. So I just went all in, basically, to know all as much as I could. I remember, Embering. Yeah, you did the... We'll get to the Demon Stealth. That's next. Yeah, that's... I'm really proud of that episode as well, so we'll talk about that in a second here. Yeah, that's really cool that you got into the podcast from the Demon Stealth episode. That's interesting, KZ. I, I was not aware of that. Yeah, I should talk about that episode, actually. I can't remember where that occurs in, in this timeline here. I think it does occur around the Zero Ranger episode. So let's pull that up, shall we? And we don't have to go far, because here it is. So the Frame Savers. This was a speedrunning podcast that was the closest connection I ever made to the, the speedrunning community. Get out of here. And uh, I have a whole episode about them, which I'll talk about when we get there. But I made an appearance on their speedrunning podcast. Here it is, the Dodonpachi score glitch. This is the episode Casey's referring to. Um, this episode may appear on my channel one day. Because um, they have cancelled the show. The Frame Savers is done. It's over. It's put to bed. It's in the grave, unfortunately. And so, uh, yeah, I might reach out to him. Because I talked about him when they first announced that they were probably done. I said, hey, uh, if you're going to get rid of the episodes, let me know so I can preserve the episode I was on on my own channel. He's like, yeah, okay. So I may reach out to him and say, hey, can I have, you know, put that on my channel now? But anyway, this was, you know, 2,000 views. That's still, I think that's still higher than, like, my highest up. But yeah, so it was a big deal getting on the show and uh, introducing the fans to the, the glitch and everything. And I think I got, you know, a few a few people from the speedrunning scene to come over to Shmups. I know uh, Mr. Pizak uh, was from the DDP score glitch. I think Rolf might have been from the Frame Savers as well. Uh, Rolf is a... He might be in the chat. Rolf is like my one of my most loyal fans. I'll show you. Um, like, how do you see who likes it? Anyway, he like likes and listens to all my episodes. SoundCloud lets me know who does, and 
Yeah, so Rolf came from there. I, I guess KZ, you came from there as well. I didn't know that. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, Demon's Tilt interview. So Demon's Tilt is a pinball shmup hybrid game, and this was the first interview that I didn't solicit. So every single interview, other than the fan ones, I solicited, as in I went out and said, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? This was the first one that someone else reached out to me. So the Demon's Tilt publisher reached out to me and says, hey, how would you like to have the, the guy who made Demon's Tilt on the podcast? And I was like, am I famous now? <laughs> like in my brain, I'm like, I'm famous. People are reaching out to me. But obviously I knew it's like, you know, it's, just, it's an indie game. I'm not actually famous. But anyway, so I was actually in my brain kind of a little bit divided about this episode because, you know, I, I'm the electric underground. This is all about like, underground shit like this is all about being like you know niche and whatever like non-commercial basically and so here's this publisher reaching out to me with like a kind of a they didn't offer me any money or anything like that so it wasn't like that but it was they're basically saying hey uh yeah the guy would like to come on the podcast i was like well okay yeah, let's do it and so in my brain i was thinking like please let this game be good like i remember just like sitting there thinking like Oh, this could turn into a nightmare. What if this game sucked? And then I have to bring him on the podcast. What am I going to say to this dude? Because I'm not going to lie. If the game sucks, I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to have to like... It'd be like a 12-minute episode. <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, we'll make this like a mini episode. Like 15 minutes. And then... Okay, hold on. So then though, they send... I get the link to the, the Steam release. The early beta or whatever it is. And I played it, and I'm like, holy shit, this game's hella good. So it was a big relief. I was like, okay, good. Yep, the game is actually really good. And uh, so I was like, okay, we're on then. Like, uh, So I wrote up this huge thing. And um, I actually think this episode's really important, even if you're not like into Demon's Tilt, because the episode is actually more... It's about Demon's Tilt, obviously, and like pinball and shmups and all that. But I'd say the majority of it is actually about his career as an indie developer because that's something that fascinates me it's always something that fascinates me is like the actual careers of indie developers like what how did they become an indie developer what does that look like where you know like what is that about so this is all about his career as an indie developer and stuff and so it's a an episode i'm really proud of because not only the funny thing is like demon's tilt popped off it's actually pretty well known now and then there's even, like, uh, the CU podcast covered it. Like, all these major gaming places covered it. It's like, you know, it's got some presence now. So I always feel like it's really cool that uh, he came on my podcast. Like, when my podcast was, like, underground and Demon's Tilt was, like, kind of underground. And now we're both kind of becoming a little more popular. So I think it's, like, a really cool episode to go back and look back on. Because it's, like, both of us were kind of nobodies when we recorded it. But uh, we're a little bit more popular these days, both of us, so it's cool how that worked out. Yeah, really cool episode. I feel like if people knew about this episode, it'd actually be a lot more popular, because like I said, Demon's Tilt is actually pretty popular now, but uh, I don't think many people know about this episode. Um, so episode... Sorry, I can't... I'm mind-blanking. Episode 20... Hetsui cast destroying destiny with iconoclast. This is a really cool episode, a really fun episode for me. So I have a funny story about this episode. So iconoclast, 
you know, one of the best shmuppers around, a legend, a beast. I have no idea how I ended up picking Iconoclast to come on the episode. Oh, okay, I remember now. Okay, I remember now. Let's come back to me. So, I didn't actually know who Iconoclast was outside of he was hella good at Ninja Gaiden. Because I'm a, you guys know now, I'm a massive Ninja Gaiden fan. And so I thought of him as a Ninja Gaiden player, because I saw it, I've, se I've seen his channel actually with Ninja Gaiden videos. I'm like, wow, this guy's hella good at Ninja Gaiden. And so, like, a good part of this episode is us talking about Ninja Gaiden, because I had to. But then I'm going through his channel and I realize, holy shit, this guy's like really good at shmups too. And so I actually had no idea he was like this beast of a player. Until, um, on Twitter, he, he posts this tweet on Twitter, because I was following him because of Ninja Gaiden. He posts this tweet on Twitter about, uh, because he was doing the uh, Ketsui Destiny competition, and I was following that, and so he posted a score, and it's like this huge score, it's like a massive score, and then he writes in the tweet something like, am I doing this right? And so I, what he meant, because he clarifies in the episode, is that, he meant, is he submitting his score correctly? But when I read the tweet, I thought he meant, am I playing this game right? And so I was like, who is this dude? He's like, he's this god at Ninja Gaiden. He's this amazing DOJ player. And then he gets this massive Ketsui score and doesn't even know if it's good or not. And so, yeah. So I was like, it's a pretty fun episode to look back on in retrospect. Just kind of how things came together. And then I didn't realize that, uh, like... Later on, people told me, like, Iconoclast had never come on to any sort of podcast before or anything like that. And so this is, like, his podcasting debut. So that's also really cool. I like this episode a lot, Ketsui, Ketsui Cast. Because we get to talk about Destiny, Iconoclast, you know, he, he whipped on the Japanese players, took brought it home for America. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a really cool episode. Episode 21... Fire Lancer. So this one has kind of a funny history. So let's go back to the farm. So here's me posting my first episode up here, right? And then uh, my let's look at my first replies. There's Plasmo, you know, being a homie. Bananamatic asking if I'm Mark R. Johnson. Uh, that's that's a funny story later on. Here's Fro, you know, being a homie. This guy. I don't know if he's still around. You know, he's he's pretty cool in the early days. Like, he'd post some stuff. He's probably still around. Um, and then, you know, me talking to him. Me talking to him. You know, we're just chatting. Shooting the shit. And then... There's this comment. They should roast trap for making a shmup for a console that's less suitable for shmups than... And in a whole controller? So, I remember this comment, like, this comment was burned into my mind. So I was like, who's Trap? What's he doing? For what? Who's Trap? What's he doing? What? What is he talking about here? And so, this literally, I remember this comment for a very long time. And so he's saying, what they're saying is that I should make an episode, a vestige of uh, the podcast, that brings on trap to talk about Fire Lancer and uh, I should roast him about uh, how it's not on PC basically. And so here's the episode. The the Fire Lancer episode where I bring him on. I do not roast him about it not being on PC. 
But uh, yeah, I was really, you know, it's a really fascinating game. The demo was really cool. Um, again, this is another episode I felt like, what? Why aren't you guys listening to this episode? This episode's really good. And we and Patoing's on it too. Patoing's really cool. Talk. I think it's a really good episode. If you're into indie development and like indie shmups and talking about all that sort of stuff, like check this episode out. Like it's a really good episode. This is one that I feel is very, very unappreciated because I think it's really good. I feel like it should be around, you know, like, you know, Zero Ranger level as far as... Because I think the interview is just as good, but, you know, Zero Ranger didn't pop off. Toes before broho or bros before Tohos. Hype. Very, very hype. Hype. I must say. Hype. Very, very hype. No way. There was no way he was going to recover. But he still did. It's very, very hype. I must say. Yeah. An event to remember. The most marathon unfriendly game I can possibly imagine. The balls. Among the balls, yes, to do that. It's very, very hype, I must say. What you can do, what you can't do. There is no meaning to copying things if you don't know why someone does something. That's a terrible feeling. It really doesn't really matter. It only slows you down. Oh. 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 Toho. Only slows you down. If it's not a good stick, then you're kind of out of luck. I spent years tracking that bad boy down. It really doesn't really matter what you can do or what you can't do. How are you want to play the game? That's a terrible feeling. When you're so close yeah. and you fail right at the end. It really doesn't really matter. Oh. 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 Toho. Only slows you down. What you can do or what you can't do. How are you want to play the game? Like the music? It's fantastic. Most definitely the easiest to score with. Rack it up, huh? Very hype, I must say. That's a dream I have. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. When you're so close yeah. and you fail right at the end. That's a terrible feeling. How are you want to play the game? Oh. Oh. Just like a toaster or something. Fantastic. 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 Rack it up, huh? No, thank you. Oh. 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 No Sorry. service today? In a minute. Okay. Very hype, I must say. The balls. Among the balls, yes, to do that. There was no way he was going to recover. But he still did. Oh. 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 Toho. Only slows you down.
To this day, I have no idea how Jamers feels about that song. <laughs> He's uh, not commented. I've never asked him because I've been too scared to ask him. But uh, yeah, I, I I find it very amusing. So what what it was was that um, in my original Discord server, uh, we'd meme it up sometimes in there. And one day, I remember Dingo and I were just like making up random jokes about stupid like stupid uh, shmup based rap songs. And I suggested Bros Before Toho's featuring Jamers. And I thought, that is, that's pretty funny. Let's see if I can actually make that happen. So I took, uh, so I took my snippets of interview, my interview with Jamers, and uh, yeah, put it over like this free rap beat I found. And then the episode worked out really well because there's that part where the, the house cleaning lady comes in. So I like made that sound kind of weird and sexual and stuff. My, I remember, uh, my brother and stuff aren't really into shmups or anything, so you know they don't really listen to my podcast all that much. But my younger brother loved loves toes, bros before toes. It's like he's it's like my his favorite part of the podcast for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's really funny. I was going to make some follow ups, but uh, I think it's just a uh, too classic not to. So these two are like non shmup related episodes here, um, and I re I recorded them very close to each other we're basically just a bunch of like um internet drama happened all at once for me like it happened in like the same few weeks first one was that uh our white goose there's that huge uh you know drama about him being a, a white supremacist and all that sort of stuff came out and uh i even talk about it in the uh famous episode not about that specifically because this happened just before that but I was a huge fan of, you know, I still am. I'm kind of like a, a big fan of our white goose. And so I lean to say I was like pretty shocked when all that shit came out. And I was like, oh, geez. And then um, around the same time, uh, the frame savers had their own controversy with one of their hosts. And so basically the frame savers got canceled and our white goose was uh, looking pretty shady at the time. And, uh, Basically, I've changed it to Internet Forgiveness because basically since that event, uh, yeah, he's done a lot to kind of like turn turn things around and like, uh, you know, like it's like a big learning lesson for him and, you know, taking what he says online more seriously and stuff like that. So I've kind of taken down the episode or like just replaced the audio because, yeah, I didn't want to because my the episode was originally me like talking about being a fan of his and like being disappointed and feeling like not sure it was basically like the question of could I separate the the videos he made that I was such fans of from his beliefs like could I separate those can I separate the artist from the art and stuff like that that was like kind of the focus of the episode this is actually the very first time Juju here's Juju Kenobi another shmup homie ever uh, commented on one of my podcasts so this is one of my very first interactions with Juju Kenobi but um yeah, that was kind of what it was about. And so since then, especially since he's been trying his best to kind of turn his image around and do better, I decided, well, you know, I don't want this to just be floating out there as like, like no one listened to this episode. I think I have to mention it too. This episode got uh, censored from speedrunning, whatever speedrun Reddit or whatever. Um, yeah, so the, I posted it to speedrun Reddit because I was like, you know, it's not a shmup episode so I guess I'll put it on speedrun reddit and it got like censored from speedrun reddit 
which is funny because there's like way more inflammatory shit on there. And mine was like kind of legitimately talking about, you know, as a fan, can we separate these two? And like, I felt like it was a pretty good episode, but I decided to replace it because I didn't want it to be, you know, a con- let's say one day he, uh, like Googled himself or something and this popped up and it'd be like a continual reminder. Basically, you know what I mean? Like the internet never forgives. The internet never forgets. And since I was like, okay, he's trying to improve himself and do better. I want to forgive and forget basically. So that's why I have removed the episode sort of, but yeah, that's what that episode was about. The frame savers episode was about, so the frame savers were another very influential podcast at the time for me, especially since they were kind of peers of mine. They were, like, uh, more popular than I was, but they were, you know what I mean? They were, like, making episodes around the same time. Uh, the reason I'm on SoundCloud is because they were on SoundCloud, and I was like, oh, SoundCloud, that's cool. I'll be on SoundCloud like the Frame Savers, which was a mistake, but I did it. <laughs> so, yeah, they were very influential on me, and uh, they, you know, they were really cool to me, actually brought me on an episode. And so what happened is one of their hosts got into some... Uh, Issues at AGDQ. I don't know if I should talk about it on the podcast or not. But uh, yeah, he had some issues at AGDQ with uh, some other people. And that ended up getting him banned from AGDQ. It was like a big deal. And so that ended up basically killing the podcast. And so the podcast just suddenly ends. Like, boom. It just ends. And I was always thought, I always thought that was like, as a fan of theirs, it was like really abrupt. Especially since, you know... My, my episode wasn't that far off. And so the podcast just ends one day. And they're like, okay, podcast is done. And so I was like, what about, you know, like a goodbye episode or something like that? Which they never did. So I was like, well, they'll never do a goodbye episode. So what I'll do is I'll record like a, a, a fan farewell episode. Which is this what this is. Um, I'm surprised it has as many listens as it does. But yeah, it's just me as a fan saying goodbye to the podcast. And uh, how much of a fan I was of it. That's all it was, so... Um, yeah. I guess if you want to learn more about it, you can listen to that episode. And so next up is episode 23. I'm having trouble reading these Roman, Roman numerals now. So 23, this is the my episode with Soft Drink. And, uh, yeah, this is a really, really good episode, I feel like. Um, I feel like Soft Drink is a bit of an underrated talent in the, in the world of shmups, where, you know, a lot of people know about him and stuff, but at the same time, like... Like, he was, for a while there, going really hard on, like, the the uh, SGD Weekly stuff. And I really liked his, you know, contrib- contributions there and, like, his commentary. But, like, you know, he's a real talent within the shmup scene that never really got his due, I guess you could say. Or, like, never, you know what I mean? Because he even talks about it in the episode where he feels kind of like... Uh, he felt like he had some imposter syndrome and stuff going on. And so felt like he's really a really talented guy um someone i'd love to have on the podcast again and i i felt like we have a lot of same outlooks on uh, like emulation and all that sort of stuff um you know he's a cali boy too so i tend to be kind of like kindred spirits with most people from california and so yeah it was a really good uh really really good episode um definitely worth the runtime. we talk about the entire year and review yeah, I think I'm. I really like this episode a lot. This is the the era of the hella giant episodes. So I went from the two hour eleven episode of a uh, you know year in review to Shmupception, the greatest Shmups of all time, 
Uh, pretty healthy view, uh, listen count on this one. Shmupception, what an insane episode. This is like uh, abstract art or something like that. This is one of my more insane episodes. So what is uh, Shmupception slash the greatest shmups of all time? It's a three-part episode um, that is three, almost three hours long. What it was is that... Um, so I recorded an episode with Dingo and um, Shori like two months before this episode. It was the lost episode. So I recorded this episode with Dingo and Shori two months earlier or something like that. Um, and two really cool guys. And I felt like a, such an asshole because I kept releasing other people's episodes before theirs. And the reason why is because I wanted to add something to the episode because um, it was a good episode, but at the time, like these days I would just release the damn thing, but at the time I was going through this phase where I was like wanting to make the episodes like really like powerful and like these huge things or whatever. I don't know what I was on then, but I basically wanted to make all the episodes massive and like these experiences. And so I was like, this episode's only like an hour and 10 minutes long. So, I don't want to just release it, I want to like add something to it. So I recorded Shmupception uh, and The Greatest Shmups of All Time. So I or added this whole single segment of, that I recorded myself uh, going over The Greatest Shmups of All Time list. I, I really like that segment. And then I had, this is the episode that chronicles the death of the original Electric Underground Discord. So the, the original Electric Underground Discord closed like I don't know how long before recording this like four or five days before I recorded this yeah and so I talk about what the hell happened in this episode so it's got like three parts it's got like the the story of the discord closing it's got my interview with them and then it's got my uh me going over the greatest months of all time it's kind of a crazy episode but I, I actually really like it um so yeah shmupception what a, it's a massive episode and this is just a notification that of my first guest spot on the Shoot the Core cast. So the reason why I made this little notification, has a cool little song on it, is there's, there's nothing here, it's just a song. The reason why is because at the time, I had like no Twitter presence, I had no YouTube presence. I made a huge mistake in investing in SoundCloud. Basically, I killed all my episodes by doing this. It's a, basically my biggest regret of my online content creating career is using SoundCloud. The reason why is because I built up a fair amount of like listens and plays on SoundCloud and on like uh, other platforms and stuff like that. But they basically were in a void, right? Where I couldn't convert those plays into anything else. I couldn't build on them. Um, so what would happen is I'd release them on SoundCloud, and then like three weeks later, I'd release them on YouTube. And you can just go back and look at my YouTube numbers, like, the, the episodes have like 10 views and stuff on YouTube. So when I'd release the episodes on YouTube, YouTube it would get like no views or anything like that. So YouTube would basically flag, not flag them, but basically algorithm them as like garbage. So my, my podcast episodes are basically dead on arrival on YouTube. And so... Like, what I wish I would have done and what I'm doing now is I'm releasing the episodes first on YouTube. This is why people do this, by the way. I'm releasing them first on YouTube so they can get a healthy amount of listens and plays. It doesn't have to be all, but a healthy amount. 
That way the YouTube algorithm says, okay, people actually care about this, I'll keep that in mind, and doesn't, like, kill it. And then I release them in audio form like a week later for convenience. Like, that's what I should have been doing, but I was doing it backwards. I was releasing everything on SoundCloud first, building up the plays on SoundCloud, and then gutting my YouTube content. So, that, that sucks, but... Anyway, the reason why I made this SoundCloud announcement is because I actually had more influence and more outreach on SoundCloud than anything else. I had it more... My Twitter was like... 40 people, you know, my YouTube was like barely any, I think it was like 100 people or like 60 people, it was tiny. And my uh, SoundCloud was the biggest thing, so that's what I was like. I was like, well, if I want to reach out to people, I actually have to use my SoundCloud, so that's why I created Uh, This episode here, I don't think the guy who was a guest on this episode is, is listening, but this is a, a weird episode for me, the Unchained Rivals of Ether episode. So this was my period of people talk about, talk to me about this. I think I've mentioned this on Discord a few times where people talk to me about, hey, why don't you like reach out to other communities and stuff and like work with them? So all throughout the early, like the first year and a half of the podcast, basically up until the past six months, that was like goal number one on my list was to create uh, interactions with other communities to try and create crossover. So I did that with the frame savers that kind of panned out, but it also died because they died. So it didn't really work out that well. I tried it with a bunch of other things that just fell through. And then I finally got a crossover with the Rivals of Ether because I, I'm a Rivals... Well, I play Rivals of Ether. My friends are really into it. And so I was like, oh, this could be like a cool crossover, right? Because we're both niche communities and I'm really into Melee and Smash games. So this could be like a really cool crossover. So I did the interview with the guy... And uh, it seemed like when we did the interview, it seemed like it went really well. If you listen back to it, it's like, yeah, this this is really great. But um, so after I do the interview, uh, he was saying, yeah, I'll, I'll share it with the Rivals people and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so people, you know, because we talk about shmups and it's kind of about like introducing shmups to Rivals players and like uh, trying to create a crossover there. But he ended up just like ghosting out. He never actually shared it with anyone. And I think the reason why is because he was on the Electric Underground podcast. And I have a talent for making people maybe throw more shade than they would otherwise. I don't know what... Um, because this happened another time. But yeah, so I think what happened was um, I was throwing a bunch of shade about um, Smash Ultimate a little bit. You know, being a Melee player and all. And he kind of like joined in on it. And I think what happened was he didn't want to share this episode because he's kind of like talking smack on the episode and he didn't want to like basically cause a bunch of controversies and like, uh, you know, people have like make videos about him or some some crap like that. So I don't necessarily blame him, but at the same time, it's kind of like a bummer for me because all of these views are just my audience. It never crossed over with the Rivals people ever. I tried to post it onto Rivals of Ether Reddit and that barely got any sort of traction there at all. So it's basically like me telling the shmup fans about Rivals of Ether when it's really, you know, the goal was to do the other way around. So it's kind of like a, an experiment that didn't really work out. So then we got episode 25. Emulation is religion. Uh, this is one of my personal favorites. Um, this is one of my few solo episodes. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I did it another solo episode. This one was like half solo because I did the greatest most of all time solo mode, but I had the interview half. But I don't think I had any other solo episodes. No. 
So this was my first solo episode since the very first episode, and I kind of had been wanting to do a solo episode again, and uh, yeah, I, I really like this episode a lot, because it's basically 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 me venting and uh, throwing shade back at people who were giving me a hard time about Shmup Arch. Because when I released, I think uh, Beauty even mentioned it, like when I uh, released Shmup Arch for the first time, holy crap, the backlash was insane. The backlash was so heavy that I actually called one of my IRL friends in real life and talked to him about it because it was so insane. I was like, I need to talk to a non-internet person about this. Um, and, like, get his perspective. Like, because people were, like, a, the, fa the farm was freaking out. You know, they're saying I had corrupted the genre and murdered babies and all kinds of shit. Like, they were freaking out. Um, and then Reddit was freaking out. Uh, I don't know if I want to Google it, but there's like a whole Reddit drama Reddit, and like it made it onto drama Reddit. It was such a big deal, and people freaking out and yelling at me. And I had this one dude who was so mad, and he would just uh, yeah like message me constantly. You know, there's people on the farm who did that too, but uh, on Reddit, this one dude on Reddit, and he was furious. He was outraged, and the reason why he was so pissed at me was because he felt like I was stealing. RetroArch's like IP. He felt like I was basically copyright infringing RetroArch, where, which is you know funny to think about, but you know that it makes no sense. But basically, he was saying that I was trying to co-opt RetroArch for my own brand and like warp it into my own branding and like take and like steal glory from them and you know what I mean, like this whole thing. Like he went on and on about it and. Basically, I want to let you guys know something about Shmup Arch and the Electric Underground. Um, it has done very few good things for my branding that I am aware of. Um, I have never had... I've, I've very, met very few people who have been like, you know, the reason why I listen to the Electric Underground is because of Shmup Arch. Like, no. how it, it's, it's backwards. The Electric Underground introduces people to Shmup Arch. It's not the other way around. And so... It's basically caused me nothing but headache and way more drama than I ever anticipated. Like, on all fronts, you know, the MAME guys were pissed because it's not MAME. Uh, some people were mad at me just because they, you know, they just felt like getting mad because I was talking about emulators and I w didn't have the authority to talk about emulators or something. And then there's these people on Reddit that were pissed because they felt like I was stealing RetroArch's branding or some crap. Um... The funny thing is, is like the RetroArch team have been like really supportive and helpful with Shmup Arch, so RetroArch guys are like really cool. Um, yeah, like they, they're really cool dudes. I really like them a lot. They've been nothing but helpful towards me, and yeah, I I came to them with questions all the time, like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? So the whole point of Shmup Arch was just to make RetroArch plug and play for Shmups. That's all it was, and I explained that in the articles. You know, what is Shmup Arch? Talk about this. Where's the article? Arch, why does it matter? Like I explain all that in the article that this, you know, what it is that I'm not stealing RetroArch's IP and taking credit for creating RetroArch and all this crap. But holy crap! So anyway, I love this episode. I enjoy on a personal level because it's me basically throwing shade at these guys, kind of like low key, but also kind of justifying myself and playing it up. Right? It begins with like one-winged angel and stuff like that. I thought I did that. I choose all by the way, I choose all the music in the podcast like thematically. Like every single song unless it's 
I think maybe in the later-ish episodes I don't do it as much, but especially in these episodes, every single song has some kind of messaging to it or some kind of purpose. And so I chose like One-Winged Angel because there are people acting like I was destroying the world or something. So this is an episode that I really enjoy. Uh, episode Emulation is Religion. And then this is my first like uh, anime review. I really like this one a lot. Um, so this stuff these days would not make it onto the podcast SoundCloud because I would just upload it to my YouTube channel. Um, but at the time, you know, my YouTube channel was basically nothing. No one watched it. You know, it, was, it got no traction at all. So I created a, a SoundCloud podcast episode type thing for it. Um, so it's kind of cool. I might follow up on this in an actual video on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so then we get into, I kind of, so this was like the end of what I kind of think of as like first year and a half, or the first year of the Electric Underground. This is just a lot of shit happened between this episode, or like, you know, the emulation is religion, and uh, the Zero Rangers Prometheus. This is like when every single day for me was just drama city. I just had people yelling at me every single day, people mad at me every single day. Like, this was definitely the point where I, my second time where I thought of just quitting the podcast entirely. Uh, this, this time around, because I was just so fed up with all the bullshit drama. And I was like, this is so stupid. And it, it got to the point where this is something that's always kind of been, like, weird to me, is that, so, people, like... So all my content is, is just me expressing my views on things and what I think works, what I think doesn't work. I'm just being blunt and honest. That's the whole point of the podcast. And some people have said, like, especially with, like, emulation and religion, like, in this time zone, like, why wasn't, why aren't I basically more pandering, right? Why don't I uh, pander to the vain people? Why don't I pander to these other groups and stuff like that? And it's basically, I'll tell you why. It's because in my real life, I am a professional and I have to, like pander to my real life right like in the real world I have to pander and compromise and be a professional and be that type of person but in my online YouTubing podcasting world I get to be I get to say whatever the hell I want to say and to me it's like basically pointless if I pan if I ever have to pander on my content I'm not going to make it anymore because the whole point is like me not pandering like me putting my just putting my blunt opinions out there and seeing what the world does. So it would completely defeat the entire purpose of the Electric Underground if I, like I can be compromising and I can be like, you know, reasonable and stuff, but I'm not going to just start lying or saying things I don't believe in, right? So, because that's the whole point of the show. It's the point, it's to put up my honest opinion. So it was around this time zone where I felt like, okay, shmup people can't handle my honest opinions. You know, they're too sensitive. They're too like wrapped up in their community and all this stuff they're too like backwards and so maybe this is just the end this i was kind of thinking about that in this sort of area um but i kept going <laughs> that's going to be a theme of this uh retrospective i just kept going um mostly because this sounds cheesy but mostly because i had built up some fans that i felt like did genuinely love the the content and i was like well am i really going to you know let it felt to me, I know this isn't probably statistically true, but it did feel feel to me like 80% of the community hated me and 80% of the people just wanted me to go away and shut up. That's how it felt to me, but I was like, you know, there is that 20... I don't think that's statistically true at all, 
But, you know, when you get 80% of your feedback is people yelling at you, that's how it feels. And so I was like, well, there's this 20% of people who love my stuff. So I'm just going to start making it for them and, you know, F the rest of them. So this is where I start to enter my more feisty period, what I call it, right? Which I'm still sort of in, where I just start, you know, I start getting a little more feisty than I was. Like, I'm, if you listen back to the early episodes, I'm like such a sweet little teddy bear. Like, I'm so nice and so naive to the internet and you know especially my first guests too they're all such nice dudes right like shmup master's nice eaglet's nice gameboy guru's nice ex mosquito's a nice guy cloudy's a nice guy uh eaglet you know like all my guests are like the nicest dudes which makes sense right like the nice people would be the ones to come on your podcast it makes sense but then you know like the rest you know there's a ton of demographic that just wanted my blood it felt like so I felt like, you know, so anyway, in the early episodes, I'm, I'm a lot nicer. And then as it progresses, I get more and more feisty. And like emulation is religion is like my first like official like, OK, Mark's Mark's pissed episode. Um, and I kind of carry that uh, talking about, you know, I kind of am on and off about that. But anyway, so let's talk about wine, cheese and hibachis. Oh, I'm glad to see this thing's picked up. This was another episode where I felt like. Um, I kind of did the episode a disservice with the titling again, where I got a little too esoteric, but it looks like it's kind of picked up. So wine, cheese, and hibachis, that's referring to, um, Stunfest. So I wanted, I don't know, I, I don't know where I came up with some of these titles. I, I think they're funny, but it's about Stunfest 2019. So like the Google name should be Stunfest 2019 with Plasma or something like that, right? But I'd always add these kind of funny subtitles and stuff like that really good episode I don't I, it looks like people are starting to listen to it but yeah I, I really like the way this episode went it kind of felt like this was the first episode especially after emulation is religion where I felt like okay now I'm like professional now now I'm like I'm good I'm a good podcaster now and so and then I got plasma on and you know plasma has been a guest before like I think twice before um, you know I built up like a lot of camaraderie with him I knew a lot about Stunfest the second time around um, so I felt like, okay, this is like where I'm like really on my game. So I'm really proud of this episode. I think it's really good. And then, uh, I don't know if they're in the chat. I'm really proud of these two episodes. And this was the first time I decided, okay, I cannot do these three hour episodes anymore. Uh, like Smupception and uh, 20, you know, 18 in review where I had those massive episodes. The thing about it is the longer the episode... It like it's it's not exponential, but it feels that way. Like, so for like an hour long episode, I swear it takes me like three or four hours to edit. An hour and a half episode, it takes me like seven hours to edit. And then those three hour episodes, it felt like fifteen or twenty hours. Like it was a lot of time editing those episodes because um, I was a little less uh, refined with my editing, but I was also way more way more picky at the time. Like I went syllable by syllable you know editing stuff and stuff so yeah it was a ma massively time consuming process and so with this episode where I break it up into two is the first time I was like I can't do this anymore I literally cannot do this anymore I cannot spend 15 hours editing episodes so I'm breaking this in half so that's why it's broken in half and so these are my interviews with Kiwi and Moglar I'm glad I got them early right because this was before you know there's they were on the rise for sure tearing shit up even then but 
I mean, look at it now. Moglar just broke 500 million in Ketsui. He's on the fast track to getting the Western record in the game. Like, Pazzi, he's right on Pazzi's heels. He's going to get it. And then Kiwi, at this rate, I, I swear he's going to get like a world record in Mushi. He's coming up with all these crazy auto-fire strats and shit. Um, yeah, both, both, I feel like, shmup prodigies. Even at the time, like, even when I first saw him, I was like, okay, these guys are insane. And it's crazy because these two joined after me. So it's like the first pair of players that I was, like, kind of around longer than they were. Where everyone else, you know, I was the new guy. So check these episodes out if you haven't checked them out. They're, they're really good. Just kind of basically talking about how they got into shmups, uh, their philosophies on them. Moglar and Kiwi, they might be in the chat. Major shmup homies, for sure. Yeah, I love these up. Oh, yeah, and I had... I, I've been watching... Uh, I started doing, like, anime-themed... Uh, some of the thumbnails. Some of them? I don't think all of them. Okay, just those. Because uh, I was watching a bunch of anime time, and then I'd watch Blood Hunter... Or Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, and I was like... I'm just gonna put them in the thumbnails, because I feel like it, so... And then here's a... Uh, episode... 28. Uh, yeah, so this is the episode with Frenetic. Some people don't know this episode exists. Uh, some people have asked me, hey, when are you getting Frenetic on the show? And I was like, I, I did. He's on the show. Here it is. So this was the episode that I finally got all the SGG Weekly crew on the podcast. I got them all. So collect them all, right? Gotta catch them all. And Frenetic, I was really happy to get him on. He's such a cool dude. And I feel like we share a lot of sort of views on shmups. And I've actually had people compared me to him even before interviewing him and stuff and uh he it was really cool to hear that he was a fan of my content so a little bit of like a i don't know i don't want to say dream come true. that's a little a bit of an exaggeration but it was a cool moment right um yeah i think this is a really cool conversation uh more yeah i guess i guess people are checking it out so this this is actually really funny the the fan appreciation episode the charity episode so if you're a fan of the podcast you probably realize this never happened. Where is the charity episode? It never occurred. And the reason why is no one ever was interested. It, uh, yeah. So I guess it could officially happen, but, you know, it's been way too long now. But, yeah, I, so I did this. I had this idea to do a Q&A episode. I was like, oh, I should do a Q&A episode. But I was also like, hey, I want to do something for charity. So let's do, like, a charity Q&A episode. But, you know, no one was no one was interested. I never got any sort of donations or anything, so... Never happened. But yeah, I guess that that's that. Uh, KZ, are you... I think... KZ, are you still alive? <laughs> um, yeah, I know I'm going on a little bit. But anyway, let's let's take a look at the chat real quick before I finish this up. Hey, it's Plaz. Hey, Plaz, have you been tuning in for the episode, or... When did you join? Oh, you guys are talking about important stuff. But anyway, so I'll go on. KZ is still alive. I see him in there. So this is KZ's episode. The sleeper hit. Um, I know uh, KZ felt like uh, coming on to the episode that he, you know, wasn't going to be this uh, big draw or anything like that. You know, how the shmup community always wants, like, pre-established people, which is kind of true, right? You know, like, if you're a newer person, especially I definitely felt that way. Um, being a newer person in the scene. I got a lot of warm welcome from people, which is cool, but there's still a lot of people who, especially when I first joined, didn't respect me at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, were pretty rude to me just because I was new. 
And so I was. This is a really cool episode. Um, the reason why KZ especially gets this uh, episode is because he made a remark on my original Discord that was like so true that I remember it almost verbatim. He said basically, so he he joined my original Discord at it's like at its height when it was definitely the most popular, and we had a bunch of super players in there. It was popping off. It was huge, at least for me anyway. Um, yeah, it was a really um, it was like the prime time of that uh, that original Discord, and uh, when he joined, basically at that point it was so like popping off that like newer people were starting to get kind of ignored. It's kind of like yeah, whatever, dude. And he he mentioned that right. He he said something about like you know um, I feel like if I'm not a super player, I can't remember the wording, but you know if I'm not a super player, people don't really care what I have to say or something like that. And I was like, yep, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that really, yeah, like, he really, uh, hit the nail on the head there. So I was like, well, <laughs> let's, let's have people hear what you want to say, right? Uh, so let's get you on the podcast. And, uh, I really like this episode a lot. I think Plasmo, I don't know if it still stands, but Plasmo at men- one point mentioned this, this, this is one of his favorite episodes. I think it's really good. I think Casey always undersells himself as far as being a presence on the microphone. I think he's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have this episode. I think it's really cool. Um, little reference to, uh, Castlevania there. Uh, people really enjoyed this thumbnail. I enjoyed it as well. Shmup cheating and score verification. Oh boy. This is when things get real feisty now. So, this is, uh, episode Xer too. So the reason I called it, it's a little homage to Guilty Gear, because it would have been episode XXX. Which I was thinking of doing, but I was like, Exerd, like Guilty Gear. I thought that was funny. So, that's why it's called Episode Exerd, Episode 30. Uh, yeah, uh, Maximo and myself go over shmup cheating. And this planted some serious seeds for some real drama to come, let me tell you that. But yeah, so this is the episode where we we did a bunch of research about cheating in shmups. And during that research, you know, there was uh, you know, some suspicions brought up about a certain certain player... Um, certain slow, you know, slowish, uh, half-speed type player that came up. But, I decided, well, no one's formally accused him or anything like that. It hasn't really come, hasn't really been fully substantiated. So, it's, you know, it's a lot of smoke. It's a lot of smoke. But, uh, I won't mention it on the show. So, this episode actually does not mention a certain someone about a certain slowing down at half-speed on YouTube. Starts with a P. Um, this episode does not mention him. It instead it talks about, you know, a lot of the other cases. Really cool episode. Um, yeah. I broke it up into two parts again because I can't do three-hour edits anymore. It's... Nope. Uh, this one is, uh... So this is actually, again, this is like one of those ones that would never appear on the SoundCloud ever again. Because now it's like YouTube content. So this is like my first delving into more YouTube-ish type content. And the reason why it has a picture of myself is because... I recorded a video. There's a corresponding video. This is like the audio of the video. Oh, I made it private here, so you can't actually access this. And the reason why is simply because I want you to watch the video instead of listening to the audio. So this was like the last time I ever put my YouTube content on SoundCloud because I was like trying to... But now I'm like, okay, just watch the YouTube video, right? You don't need to... This is like a legitimate video too. This isn't even just audio. So anyway, part two... We, t- we trash on Twin Galaxies a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping to do a follow-up episode on that topic for sure. This episode, oh my gosh. This episode, 
450, but it has a strong YouTube numbers, so this episode got got some love. So this is the guy from Resonant Art, and this is uh, me crossing over with his audience. Um, the most successful crossover by far, bun, bar none, the most successful, yes. Um, it was a great, great interview. Uh, it went really well. I was really proud of it. This was also during a time where he quit his podcast for temporarily. So his audience was like, hey, we want more podcast content. So I brought him on my podcast and it was kind of like a hybrid between our two. This was like, this is like the ideal crossover episode that actually worked where he shared it with his, he shared it with his audience. His audience will actually liked it and checked out my stuff. And, uh, I introduced some of my audience to him, even though his audience is a mammoth and mine's like a baby, baby ladybug or something in, in terms of numbers, but still. Uh, a successful crossover. I'm really proud of this episode. I'm proud of everything about it, down to the art and everything. It's on YouTube too, so one. It's like one of my very first YouTube first episodes, which I definitely. And look, it didn't even really impact the SoundCloud anyway, right? Like it, the SoundCloud numbers are basically the same um, as most of the other episodes, and it has like way more YouTube presence and stuff. So, yeah. I'm really, really proud of that episode. And then, uh, yeah, I think Gus is in the chat. The Gus trilogy. He gets three, ep well, two and then a third, right? Like, you break him apart. The Gus trilogy. Uh, yeah, these episodes are massive, man. These episodes are big. Um, so this first one, it took a while for me to release it. And the reason why is because, like, we recorded it, I think, like a month before I released it or something like that. And the reason why it took so long is because I was being a strategic boy and I was like, okay, I want to release this close to AGDQ. And the reason why is I actually learned a lesson from Shmup Slam 2. So what happened with Shmup Slam 2 is that I announced Shmup Slam 2 in November of last year. And let me tell you how much response that November announcement got. You know, I announced it in November and for, you know, leap day. So for, for like three or four months in the future, because everyone was telling me after Shmup Slam 1, because Shmup Slam 1 was literally, I thought of it and I announced it like the, the next day because it had a short window to happen. And so, and I, it came together and happened in that window. But the, a lot of the feedback was, oh, you need to give people lots of time. You need to give them like months and months to prepare themselves for Shmup Slam 2. I was like, yeah, that makes sense, right? So they can get have time to practice and get prepared and all that kind of good stuff. So I announced Shmup Slam 2 in November there's like no response. No one responds to it. It's basically might as well not have been announced. And so that was a bit of a learning lesson for me. I was like, okay, how the internet works is the internet has like a three or two week attention span. So you cannot announce stuff before that necessarily, unless it's like a big deal. Like I could probably do that with Shmup Slam 3 now because 2 was so successful. I could see people now like taking the the announcement seriously but at the time remember aged key run people are trying to revise this history but the the real history was before gus did his aged key run no one gave a shit no one believed in him as far as growing the genre everyone thought it was basically a waste of time and it wasn't a big deal no one was talking about it no one cared and so i thought okay if i release this episode like a month or two before his actual run, no one is going to care. So what I need to do is I need to release it right before his run. So basically people watch it, listen to it, and then the next few days 
watches run. Like, I wanted that to be very close together so that people's attention spans would not wander off and do something else. So, yeah, I guess I, uh, if you're wondering, I think I had to explain this to you, why it took, like, why there was that gap between the recording and the release is because I wanted to line them up strategically, and I think it worked. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy that worked out. Really cool episode. Uh, you know, a lot of people are really digging it. And then the latest episode, we're all the way up to episode 33, the final episode before this one, which is, uh, this is definitely like the end of chapter one. That's why I'm kind of doing this retrospective, because all of this is like, if you're like a Dragon Ball Z fan, this is like the, the, the Saiyan saga or something. This is like all one arc of the podcast together. Like my first two years of doing the podcast were an experience to say the least where I go from kind of a nobody that just shows up out of nowhere uh, hella nervous like overwhelmed I start to get accepted I find, and then I'm like I'm in like this little brief honeymoon phase about here where I'm accepted and people are like responding to the podcast I'm interviewing devs I'm starting to feel like yeah 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 this is going well and then I enter sort of this phase here where I start getting, getting a massive load of backlash and people hating on me and getting mad at me and it's like, okay, <laughs> and then I start getting feisty, and then uh, I continue to be feisty, I stir up drama with uh, the cheating, not actually these episodes themselves, but uh, not too long after, there's the Pericles situation where I make that video about it, where I'm just basically reporting on the situation, by the way, I was not the one who created it, I was just merely reporting on it and following through, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely... If anyone got the hammer, I definitely did about that. But I also ended up being right, right? The dude deleted his channel and disappeared. So I think that's as much of a confirmation you're as you're going to get. And so... And then Gus, you know, interviewing Gus. And then Gus gives that massive performance that AGDQ uh, brings in a ton of more attention to the genre, at least re respective to what it was before. And so now we are in the... You know, the chapter two of the Electric Underground, which is going to be very different from chapter one. And so before ending this episode, I thought I should talk about sort of my my mindset right now and also my future plans, my future goals, things like that. But before I do that, let me check the chat, see if any, you know, anyone has something to say. I think there's some kind of thing going on in the chat as I'm rambling on about the podcast. I think so. Oh, really? So Gus's first episode was the Stunfest 2019, which makes sense because he was at Stunfest 2019, so... Yeah, I'm glad he listened to it. Oh my god, the bounty, dude. Yeah, there's not even a podcast episode about the bounty, is there? Um... I feel like the bounty was part of chapter one, actually. Oh, thanks, Brad. Yeah, so the the bounty, that's not even in the podcast episodes, because I do all that stuff on the YouTube side of things, which I'm glad I did. But, uh, yeah, so the bounty, man. Yeah, the bounty, Pericles cheating scandals, basically me getting yelled at over reporting on it. You know, shoot, literally shooting the messenger, it feels like, you know. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, so much shit. AGDQ, me opening the Patreon. So the, I feel like 
the bounty and the beginning of the Patreon are like the end of the first chapter. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting any questions in the chat before I, I'll just start talking about sort of what I'm thinking about now and also the future of this, uh, this endeavor. Okay, so chapter two of Shmup of the Electric Underground is going to be a bit different than chapter one because the, the goals have shifted a little, well, not entirely, but sort of the route has shifted. So the goals have remained the same, which is promoting the genre, reaching new people about the genre. But the thing is, is that I basically accomplished everything I set out to accomplish in the first two years. Basically, my 2018 year my 2018 self in the first episode of the podcast would consider where I am at now complete. I have done it. I have completed the purpose of the Electric Underground. The Electric Underground could essentially end today as far as my initial goals. It's not going to, but I'm saying I, I basically accomplished everything I set out to accomplish. It is, It has been done. I got all the shit I wanted to say out there. I brought, I helped bring more people into the genre. I helped expose a bunch of bullshit. Like, I basically did everything I set out to do. So if I left today, like, I feel like the Electric Underground would have made some sort of impact on the genre and stuff like that. However, um, I'm in too deep now to just leave. And so, chapter two, the, the sec, these next, however long I'm doing this, is going to be a little bit different from what I was doing before. So before was all about sort of integrating with the existing shmup community, uh, becoming a part of it, you know, like making connections there, all that sort of stuff, like working with the established shmup community, which I feel like I have achieved. I've basically done all, all I really want to do there as far as working with the established community. Um, and uh, I'm talking specifically about like the forum and just sort of all that stuff before the Electric Underground, right? Um, and it's just, we've kind of come to a fork in the road. Now I was going to make a whole video about this, but I decided, you know, I, I don't really feel like being in a bunch more drama at this point. I'm kind of burned out on the drama. So I'm not really going to make like this a, a big thing. But basically, I'm leaving the forum, and I'm leaving the established shmup community, sort of, in a way, where I am trying to build something new here. So the Electric Underground is... I want to partner and work with the people who want to work with me. So the people who want to work with me, and who want to support me and help, help me out in my goals, I'm definitely going to continue that, you know, continuing my Discord, continuing... But I'm not... I'm basically leaving the forum. I'm leaving all that stuff behind. Because I feel like it's just a parting of the ways, right? Like, uh, I think, what book is that, right? Parting of the ways. That's Harry Potter, right? We've come to a parting of the ways, right? The, uh, the forum and stuff is like the Ministry of Magic. They're stuck in the past. They're stuck in their ways. They don't want to change. They don't believe Voldemort's real. They want to just keep things under control. They want to shut me up, you know? That's basically them. And uh, I don't have any further interest in trying to work with them or trying to push on that anymore. I feel like it's a waste of time. It's going nowhere. And, you know, talking about sagas, the uh, the bounty situation was just kind of the... 
the straw that broke the camel's back or the confirming punch in the face, I guess, to where when I joined, ever since I joined the shmup community, everyone has talked about this damn glitch in Dodonpachi, how significant it was, how important it is, how it's a, a symbol of how the Japanese are just trying to screw us over and all this crap, right? That's always been this huge thing. And so, and how it ripped the community apart and all this stuff, all this drama around this damn glitch. And so, my goal, and I didn't do this alone by any means, the bounty community, you know, this was a team effort. I definitely did not do this alone, but I did contribute to this. And um, the whole goal was to end this, right? To end this drama, to squash it, to put it aside and say, okay, we're gonna find this bounty or we're gonna find this glitch. We're gonna expose it. We're gonna end this whole this whole issue, right? So we can move forward. And you know, the response to it, you think would have been support, would have been like, yeah, this is what we've been wanting to happen. But the whole time, we're just getting shit on by the farm, people not believing in us, and then we get straight up censored, and our post gets deleted, and so that just really... And then Pericles situation where the dude's cheating up the ass, and everyone knows it, but then they just blindly attack me because, you know, I'm the messenger and they don't want to hear what I have to say, even though there's a lot of substantial reasoning for it. And then, of course, the dude just deletes his channel. Like, that's not a sign of guilt or anything like that. And so, I'm just like, I'm just done. And then, of course, I didn't even talk about how the farm just straight up ripped me a new one when I first joined the scene with, like, talking about updating the leaderboards, talking about all the issues with the leaderboards, um, which I think are all still extremely valid. And I just, I feel like this post, it's like my first one, right? Updating records. I feel like this post becomes more and more true by the day. Like, it becomes more and more accurate. Um, I was, I think I was right on the money with this stuff. And basically, I just got hammered over it. I got, you know, made fun of, yelled at. Uh, one dude just harassed the shit out of me, sending me angry messages every single day. It was just bullshit. And so, okay, I'm getting fired up. But yeah, so I'm done with the forum. I am done with this whole... I'm done with all of these people. I'm done with this whole old school attitude and all this stuff. And so I'm just, I'm moving away from it. So chapter two of the Electric Underground is the new shit now. I'm I'm doing my own stuff. I'm building my own uh, leaderboards. I'm building my own things. Um, I'm hoping people, I've you know, people are going to be helping me along the way. Shmup, you know, the Discord is going in a different direction. Like, it's just, now we're going in a different direction. And so where this leads, I don't know, but uh, I'm kind of thinking about it like, ideally, this is sort of like Speed Demos Archives and Twin Galaxies, where the farm is definitely Twin Galaxies. And hopefully the stuff we do in the future, which may not be necessarily my website, but I can at least help contribute to a new website or a new project. Just uh, I just feel like this, we need to move in a different direction, and I need to personally because... Like I said, um, especially, you know, during these past, you know, like, <laughs> this, the past three or four months, I, I wanted to quit every single day. Every single upload, I, I, uh, I just wanted to make it my last, you know, like, I'm sitting there typing the episode descriptions, and I'm like, I just want to type in there, okay, this is probably going to be the end, because I'm just so tired of it. I was tired of, I felt like I was just uh, getting hammered all the time, and going nowhere, too. That's how I felt, so... I decided, okay, I'm done. So you'll notice 
Uh, episode 33 never came out on the farm, and it never will. I'm never posting there again. Uh, I'm done. So that's going to be the next chapter of Electric Underground, and I've talked about it in my videos too, where I'm going to try and diversify things a little bit. I'm definitely still going to be very shmup-centric, of course, but I'm trying to sort of uh, build something new and move in a different direction than, than what I was in the first chapter, where I was basically trying my best to work with the existing shmup community, and I, I basically met the people who want, you know, who want to move forward, and I've met the people who do not want to move forward and who want to remain in their ways. And so that's it, basically. You know, there's, I don't think there's any sort of uh, changing that at all. The farm is not going to change. And I feel like every every post I make there is just enabling it, is just perpetuating it when it needs to, you know, I need to be moving, I need to be investing in something different, investing in something, you know, that's supportive, not destructive. So that's the future of the Electric Underground. Um, you won't be seeing me. You won't be seeing me on the forum. Uh, don't send me messages on there because I I don't log into my forum account other than occasionally when I need to use it for like really random things like this stream. But anyway, that is the the episode. Uh, I think it went pretty well being live and everything. I rambled on, but I think uh I think people this is sort of like. An episode for the fans, you know, so I feel like it's a little bit self-indulgent, no doubt, but, uh, you know, I, I always like when you watch movies and they do, like, director's commentaries. I'm, I'm really into that stuff, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. So I feel like for the, for, like, the hardcore fans of the show, you know, all six of you or however many are, 12 of you, I don't know, but, you know, where, however many there are of you, uh, that's what this episode's about. It's basically for people who wanted an update or behind the scenes of what's going on with my content you know how how we got here basically so thanks so much for tuning in everyone um, let me uh, take a look at the chat before I close it down so any any final remarks before I end the episode here Okay, so Casey has some questions. How am I going to integrate the podcast with your Patreon, YouTube, and Twitch stuff? Great question, Casey. So the podcast will continue. Um, it's sort of like my uh, bread and butter. It's my uh, main... Like, I, I love podcasting and stuff. It's I really enjoy doing it. And the cool thing about the Electric Underground is that it's me, right? It's not like a, a lot of other podcasts like the Frame Savers where... One guest leave, you know, one host leaves, and then the shit—it's like not the same anymore because that where the electric underground is literally me with guests, and they guests rotate, and so you know, and I've I've, I've planned on bringing back people, bringing on new people, just as I always have. So the podcast remained going. Um, it's just been a little bit of a, a break from it, and it's simply because I needed a break this entire time, this entire time, this entire two years. Every single episode, I was like, this need—I need a break. I need a break, but I, just because the way things kept going, like, opportunities kept coming in, and I couldn't take a break, right? It was like, okay, no, I, I need, you know, like, uh, this person's coming on the show, I can't take a break here, this person's coming on the show, I can't take a break here, and then I would have, like, 
And then there's also, like, my own doings, where I'd be, like, I'd get an idea for a spin-off episode, like, oh, I should make a Rivals of Ether episode, or oh, I should do an episode on Evangelion, or... So, I'm just taking a little bit of a break, but obviously not. I'm recording an episode right now, so... It's only been one month, so a break, a massive break is one month. I mean, that's really not that long. Some, some podcasts are one episode per month anyway. If you go through my episodes, you'll see that they're, like almost every two weeks on the dot like I was I was really good about that and so yeah they'll they'll continue maybe it'll be like once every three weeks or I'll just pile them all out all at once I yeah, I have no idea how I'm going to act but the, the podcast will definitely continue um, basically the reason why I'm not going to do any in the near future is because I'm doing something that's basically a four-part episode which is the history of cave this is going to be an attempt at like a big project something huge right um the history of cave i want to make this a youtube video and a podcast uh four hours of just cave history i think it's i really want to pull this off so i can't i don't really have the energy to research that and research like episodes and do outlines for the podcast so basically my podcasting efforts right now are other than this live episode are being spent towards that history of cave video series slash podcast series because I think that's going to be really really cool so that's what so it's already uh, happening there as far as with my patreon um so I talked about this a little bit earlier but uh I'm not going to have patreon exclusive content because I just don't I don't like that so instead of what I'm going to do is I'm going to start doing uh live chats on my twitch actually but also let my patrons choose topics and I'll talk about them during the live chat. So it's kind of like a hybrid between topic videos and like a live Q&A type thing. I think that would I think that would be a really good really good thing going forward because it's like discrete amount of time so I don't have those like massive time commitments like the topic videos. But at the same time it still allows for people to have me like interact with their ideas and stuff which is super important to me so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm aiming to start doing that in May. So, April, I'm just kind of like figuring out what I'm doing right now. So, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, Black Keystone. No kidding. the The DDP leaderboard is. It's crazy. They like reset it all the time. Not only do they reset it, but if, if you make uh, the moderator of the leaderboard mad, he won't update your score for like three months, so there's that. Yeah, Cave History, I'm really looking forward to it too. Uh, it's like the, it's kind of like the same thing where it's, I want that video to exist, so I'm going to make it, basically. Oh man, that's that's a very uh, high-level analysis there, Embering. Um, yeah, sort of. So um, these days, I do use a lot of my stream footage for my YouTube videos, as you probably noticed. And yeah, so I am sure I will recycle video from my streams onto the uh, onto the uh, cave history video. I'm sure I will do that. I don't think like that hasn't been necessarily my exact intention. More of Ben, I just uh, I needed a bit of a break from Dodonpachi and just like 
a bit of a break in general. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to return to Dodonpachi soon enough and all that good stuff. Alrighty, any any other questions before I end the stream? I got 30 people on here. That's really cool. Brad, I actually... The, the dangerous thing about that, Brad, is that I may take you up on that offer. That's the dangerous part of that, is that I may... Uh, because I would really appreciate help, especially with like gathering footage of things. Because that is the most time-consuming thing for me. And uh, you know, I'm not particularly efficient at that. So like, uh, yeah, like if, if you'd be willing to like capture footage of like cave shit, you know, like cave games, whatever, and, uh, just give it to me, uh, free of use that you could say, right. Where I don't have to, uh, like, uh, pay you money and stuff like that. Uh, that would definitely help me a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess I know I'm, I need to like, uh, I have no idea what, what happened with the channel, so if people don't know in my Discord, I got a lot of the resources off there, and there were people on the Discord, I made it so people could help me with information, and it was working really well, and I was I have a bunch of the information off there that I've compiled into a document, but the channel is like broken, so when you go onto Discord and click on the channel, it's just like loads, and none of the information comes up, I have no idea why that happened at all, other than... Discord uh, can't handle all the knowledge, right? So I don't know what to do necessarily about that. I mean, I could just make, like, delete it and res or make a new one. What I might do is make a new one and then, yeah, just make a new one, but leave the old one there just in case we can restore it, maybe. You can still get... That's interesting, Moji. I did not know that. So what I think I'll do after this is I'll make a new one but leave the old one alive, just in case we can revive it, somehow. And then we'll just uh, merge them or something like that, or archive it or something. Good morning, Plasma Blood. Yeah, it's morning for you, it's late for me. But I'm, I'm a creature of the night, so it's still like in my prime time before I go to sleep.